improviser based in Austin, Texas. She's been performing and teaching improv and its benefits to theater students and corporate clients for nearly 20 years. She utilizes improv as a tool to change lives, both on and off the stage, encouraging her students to carry these tools into their theaters, workplaces, and homes. My guest is Shannon Stott. I'm Aiden Nepom, and this is The Changed Podcast. Welcome to the Changed Podcast. Thank you for being here. Hi, Aiden. This is great. I'm glad to be here. I really am. I'm excited. And um, as you probably know, I've had several people on the show who have a background in improv, but you are officially the first person that I have invited to the show specifically because you are an improviser. So it's not like oh. you have this thing. It's that this is your thing. This is my thing. This is my thing 24-7. I, at this point, it is actually my thing, and I'm proud to say that it is. So <laughs> I think that's about it. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So, yeah. um, tell, so tell everybody a little bit about um, what you do and how you've been using Gus, your lovely and wonderful and supportive tech-savvy husband, um, to further your purposes. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, uh, my, yes, my name is Shannon Dale Stott, and I... I'm an improviser. I'm an improviser full-time. Really what I do is I teach uh, people, theater, theater students and corporations, how to use improv in their lives and then how to use improv on the stage. So the company is improv on and off the stage for a good reason. Uh, I've been improvising for close to 22 years now. I started improvising and teaching at the exact same time on the same day. So... <laughs> That's how I learned to just, build houses, but that's a story see? for another day. <laughs> it's so good, right? It's like, why not? We just build, what do you call it? You build the plane and fly the plane or land, build the runway and land the plane at the same time. Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing. So as far as Gus goes, I've been inviting him to my YouTube channel every once in a while to do improv with me because he's not an improviser, but he is a magician and a performer and a game show host. And so he has the personality of, a, of an improviser. <laughs> and so it's a lot of fun to have him uh, on my channel, you know, because one, we're in our house, uh, as we should be. And two, he's great. Yeah. Well, and you were making these videos. You've had your YouTube channel since before this start, the pandemic started. Yes. Um, I had yeah. it for, oh, let's see. It hasn't been very long. It's about a year mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I've had the channel for a very long time, but really started putting stuff on it for about a year, specifically about improv, how to use it, how to do it. Um, and then when the pandemic started, I it's like, well, how people are people doing improv? And it didn't matter because we use improv as you use improv with your kids, right? Like playing improv in your house just to keep time passing and having a good time. So we do that. Do your kids uh, have, also have favorite, um, do they have favorite improv games? Oh, yeah. We like rapping in our house. Nice. We're a rapping improv family. So <laughs> any rhyming game that we can find <laughs> with a beat, that's that's us. We may not be great at it, but he Bryce is his name. Really loves it. We love it too. That is fantastic. Uh, Amelia, right around three or four years old, um, developed a love of speaking one voice, but she called it two talking, 
and oh, which is pretty awesome. Actually, yeah, it's it's a little more clear what it is. Two talking, mm-hmm. two talking, three talking, four talking, four talking. <laughs> um, but yeah, We're she just talking. and at that time we hadn't really taught her any improv games on purpose. Um, mm. It's just sort of like inherent to the system in this household. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. I, I can't, I can't help it. Cause we, we're also a traveling family when, when we can travel. Yeah. And so we like, we like going on car rides and all that, all those games are great games. Story games are great. They're great. They're great. Aiden, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think improv could save the world? Uh, yes. Why are you asking me easy questions? <laughs> Of course it can help save the world or save the world. The thing about improv is that I, I love it. And I say this all the time. I love it because it, it is the one place where you can truly be whatever you want to be. And that is a hard concept. It's a very esoteric concept, but really if you on the improv stage, you can practice being anything. So you can practice being a different gender. You can practice being a different race. You can practice being a different uh, thing, like a chair or a bird. You, and the thing is that the, the practice of actually being in tune to someone else, someone else's day-to-day, someone else's um, pain, someone else's joy, someone else's whatever, whatever it is, emotions in general, if you, if you can practice that, mm-hmm. then this connects you to other people. If you can practice it for yourself, because you can also practice what it's like to be happy, right? What it's like yeah. to experience joy, what it's like to be a child so that you can remember, right, is if I am practicing being what it's like to actually be Bryce, then I sort of have an idea of what it's like to be him. And maybe I can be, uh, what's the word? Empathetic. Ah, ooh, that's a good <laughs> right? word. Well, I like, mm-hmm. I like the, there's a couple of things that you said there that I think are really distinct. You talked about um, practices and you also talk about mm-hmm. really like really trying to be the person. So, you know, there's been a lot of controversy in the improv world around playing other gender, playing other race, and whether or not it's Mm -hmm. okay to do that if you're culturally appropriating or if you're doing something hurtful um, just Mm -hmm. by the very nature of doing it. So the fact that you were like, you could, you just said, you can do this. I would love to hear your thoughts about the distinction because I think there's a distinction in how that's done. Sure. So the word we remove is playing, right? So we're not saying uh, you can play this person or you can play this person. What I'm saying is you can be that person, right? So if there's a difference between um, I am now playing playing a tree, right? Oh, what, what kind of tree do I see? Oh, I see this kind of tree. It looks like this. I'm a tree now. Great. But <laughs> like I'm playing being a tree. But if I am actually being a tree, if I'm taking the time, now this is, this is a concept, right? Yeah. This is like a practice that one can do using improv tools. I'm not saying go on to your, into your troop and become Chinese or play being Chinese. Mm-hmm. Like that's not mm-hmm. a thing that I'm saying, but it is a practice. It's a practice that you can do to set yourself in somebody else's experience. What is it like if I, not if 
if one, not if one was, no, if I came from a background that didn't have running water as a child, who knows, I could be talking about anybody, right? If I, Shannon, came from a background, had a memory of not having running water in my childhood, what might I, Shannon, be like now? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big concept to grasp. And it's not a concept that you tell people to, to work on right before they go on stage or while they're on the <laughs> sidelines or, the back, yeah, or yeah. the back wall, right? That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is how do you actually empathize or think about being or becoming or experiencing somebody else's experience. Yeah. And what that would do to you, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's sort of if yeah. that's true, what else is true? We talk about approach. that all the time, right? Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, um I remember taking a workshop probably a decade ago um from a, a wonderful improviser based out of um California, Stephen Kieran, who mm. had us do a very uh a, th- a very traditional theater-based experience where mm-hmm. um, we became the opposite, uh, the opposite sex parent. So mm. this is a person that we have done a character study on, whether we know it or not. Right. And we became that person in workshop. And mm-hmm. it was transformative for me in becoming my dad. I understood my dad in ways I never really bothered to try to. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't take the workshop for that reason. I just wanted to get better at playing characters. And obviously Stephen's takeaways here were don't play characters. Don't play characters. Be people. Be people. (laughs) And it was incredible. And not only that, you know, then afterwards I called my dad and I was like, I have some things that I think I know about you based on an experience I had today that I would like to check with you about to see if they're Mm -hmm. true. Because these insights, they're still in in becoming him in that moment and having those insights sort of wash over me, it's still largely assumption territory. So I really wanted to check it with him and be like, here's what I think is true based on this experience I had. Is this true? And it was, it was really wild how true it was. And also some of those things were things he had never really thought about for himself. Right. And what, like how, um, circular and completive that is for you and that was for you to feel something and then check right so that's another thing we don't tend to do uh is check in with our partners on stage right Mm -hmm. like is this i think uh when i was in twins uh, with quinn buckner right we used to do a thing yeah talk about twins i'm super yeah i'm super interested in that project It was a really interesting project. So uh, for listeners who don't know me, I am a black woman. Quinn uh, is a white presenting male and that he would play me. He would play Shannon on stage and I would play all the other characters in the world. So I would get to create the the world and I would get to be any other character that I wanted. So, uh, and of course that the, the idea was, is it possible? What kind of conversations can we have when people really become or try to understand someone else's perspective, right? So in that 
show, one of the things that we would do is for him, he would check in with me, right? Or I would check in with him. And the way he would do that, and it's hard to explain, I guess, via podcast, but like <laughs> he would be going along, right? He'd be doing, we'd be doing a scene. And then sometimes he would move his character. So he would literally like put his hands up as if, he, if it was on a windowsill and then push the windowsill down. Uh, and that was the signal, like I am pushing my character down. And this is me, Quinn, talking to you, Shannon. Hey, Shannon, is this how this would go? Oh, wow. I would either, yeah. And he, I would either say yes or no. We would have like an actual conversation about it. And then we could, you know, he would lift that sort of uh, that sill and let his character come up. So, and then my character would come up. So he would literally would step out of the scene and step sort of as if you could mm-hmm. unzip a character suit for a moment. Yeah. And be mm-hmm. himself and check in with you on stage. Absolutely. What was that? What did that do for your shows? What were the kind of responses that you were getting? Because this was all happening when you could have live audiences, which we all right. hope will happen again someday soon. Right. We were getting wonderful responses, right? We were like, people were moved and touched and afraid and uh, scared because we would get into territory that was you don't get into on stage a lot, right? We got into, I played a white man proposing to Shannon um, and what, what kind of conversations that brings up. Um, and people, people snapped. We got lots of snaps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, we've got, we had all sorts of things. He played, I played white women who pretended, you know, who, oh, hey, oh, hey, I know you. Aren't you so-and-so, right? But it's him playing me. Like, no, I'm not that person, right? So, and him constantly checking in. Actually, we had this conversation. Uh, we had a scene where, and it had, we had a scene where we were two women he was me and I was another woman in a bathroom in a bathroom and I knocked on the we're sitting next to each other right we're like both in stalls and I knocked on the thing and uh, on the wall and I said hey can you pass me some toilet paper yes and he was like what (laughs) it's such a universal female experience Right. I was like, can you pass me some toilet paper? And he took the roll, you know, this is all mimed. He like took the roll off the, off the paper and threw it over the, (laughs) over the wall. And every woman in the thing was like, what are you doing? Like freaking out. And I was like, and I, I did that, that same thing where I pulled my character down and he pulled his character over. And uh, I said, Quinn, have, do you know this isn't right. And he was like, no, I've never been in a female bathroom. I don't, th- is this a thing that happens? No one's ever passed me toilet paper. And we, I mean, we just sat as Shannon and Quinn talking about like how for me, wow, that is a universal experience. Like you read, you reach under the thing, <laughs> you reach under the wall, you hand the person some toilet paper, totally. come back. You don't throw rolls of toilet paper in the air. <laughs> like a fireworks display of toilet paper (laughs) but it was as far as as in that moment what's fun is like the discovery together right like oh right this is not a universal thing being a woman being a woman isn't for everyone right everyone's not a woman everyone's not a man everyone's not anything in between and what we think of as a universal experience for 
for me, it was a learning experience, right? Like, Mm -hmm. right. There are other experiences other than my own. And then for him, the same. Uh, Recently, I had a a, a guest on who I went to high school with, who um, we grew up at the same time, not together the whole time he transferred to my school, but um, listening to just one or two stories of his from 1993, in contrast with my experiences from 1993, they could Mm -hmm. not have been more different. And it was a good thing to have that conversation because it yeah. it really, um, I like the way he described it. It's like, we have this tapestry of human experience. And uh, at the same time, our brains have this desire and it makes sense. We're taking shortcuts for efficiency to sort of draw broad conclusions based on super limited experiences. I've joked about this right. actually in previous episodes, how much I love to do this. I'm like, I have two <laughs> experiences to draw a broad conclusion from. All right. And so I, and I'm going to do it. I'm definitely doing it. But at least I, I like to try and own it when I'm doing it. But it's, you know, because it is, that's also a common human experience. I know because I've done right. it more than once. So everybody right. definitely does it. But, so, yeah. but yeah, I love this idea of this tapestry of human experience. Do you think there's a way for people to do this more without having a whole bunch of improv training. Like I can't help but think that right now more, maybe more than ever, we are at a place where people might actually be interested in understanding other people's stories, perspectives and lives. And uh, it would be so cool to be able to say, here's a, here's a shortcut. Is there a shortcut? (laughs) Honestly, there's no shortcut. Right. But the thing that as improvising instructors that we don't allow our students or we seem to look down upon our students for is asking questions. Mm. So like, first off, when we teach asking questions, we teach it like, don't ask questions. You see this all right. Stop asking questions. Uh Yeah. Uh, But we're, we're not telling our students why. So one, the relation, we're always talking relationship, 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 right? So the question itself isn't bad. Asking a question isn't bad. That's not what the problem is. The problem is that when you ask a yes or no question, or when you ask a question that does not denote relationship, then there's your issue. You're, you're playing a scene trying to find relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're, when you ask, who are you, where are we, these types of things, we'd have the audience doesn't know where we are. You don't know where we are. We have no relationship. When you say, when you ask a question like, honey, have you made the coffee? We're going to be late. Like that's, that's a question and a statement, but it denotes relationship. So if we, if one, we can tell students it's okay to ask certain types of questions, then from there, there's a jump off point where you can say, it's okay to ask a question. You can check in with your, with your person because with your partner because when you say things like are you comfortable mm-hmm. like I mean legit just like are are you okay like just check in that it does not it doesn't break a I mean yes it does break the fourth wall it like but it doesn't break our scene what it does is it connects us it makes us it makes Aiden and Shannon trust each other right and it gives you a chance to say like, no, I'm not, I'm not okay. Like, can Mm -hmm. we move on or move back or move forward or, you know, fast forward when we give our students these tools, it does there. Like I said, there's no shortcut, but there is a way to have these conversations, any conversation, right? (laughs) Improv is the improv is the one place. Like if we are doing narrative improv or games or whatever, it is the one place 
where you can ask your partner, are you all right? You can talk to your partner in real time. This is why we don't do scripted work, right? Because that you should have done that work. If you're not okay, you should have told me in rehearsal where we rehearsed this exact moment for 10 weeks. <laughs> like, right? We already rehearsed it. If you weren't okay, you should have let me know. But this exact moment didn't happen ever again or before on an improv stage. So this exact moment is the time to ask me like any question. Are you okay? Or I, di- I didn't hear you. Can you, what did you just say? Like just regular ass questions, excuse me. <laughs> because, and then the last part of that is if you don't, if you're uncomfortable or you don't know, you literally don't know, like Shannon doesn't know what's happening. The audience 99% of the time also doesn't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're lost, someone in the audience is lost. So take care of yourself, take care of the audience. And when you ask a question like, is, am I hurting your feelings? Aiden, am I hurting your feelings? Someone, if I feel, if I was bold enough to feel like maybe that question should be asked, someone in the audience is like, shake, is doing the like, oh my gosh, if someone was asking me that right now, my feelings would be hurt. And then as soon as you like right. re- relieve the valve, right? Yeah, Are you, yeah. Am I hurting your feelings? And you can say yes or no. That person in the audience is like, <sighs> so you've just like taken care of like so many people in just one little bit. Just, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I do think that that translates off the improv stage. That if the the idea that the audience sees everything and if you've mm-hmm. said it that or heard it or felt it that, that it's out there someone else is noticing is a great mm-hmm. perspective to have and a great yeah. reason to check your assumptions and check in with people um i could easily spend the rest of our time together geeking out on improv there's no doubt in my we mind can. obviously we would love to do that <laughs> we should do that more um but i invited you here because i figured you probably have stories from your from your non-improv life from your real life Mm -hmm. um, about moments that sort of transformed your path or changed your perspective. And so uh, if you would, please, I would love to hear just just one story, a pivotal moment in your real life, a moment when everything changed. Okay. Well, we're going to get just like a tad wooey. All right. Can we get a tad like woo? Uh, You can get as woo (laughs) as you want to get. I grew up in Southern Oregon and I'm used to woo. All right. Well, here we go. Here's your woo story. (laughs) Here's your your woo story. Um, So growing up, my parents, my parents are retired uh, foreign service. So we traveled a lot. And I say that because it makes more sense for when I say, so I was in Kenya, I was in Nairobi. <laughs> like, like That makes more sense. Now that you have a little bit of background, it makes more sense that I was walking, I was around in Nairobi, Kenya. We actually had not necessarily in Nairobi, we're actually in Mombasa. And I was in high school and I was walking the beach by myself and I came around this cove and I sat and it was like a perfect day Aiden it was like sun was just going down the waves were coming in I remember there was like this like like this cove or this like rock giant rock to my left that I had come around and it was jetting out into the ocean and I was watching the 
water like come up on my feet and roll back out and it was lined with this sea foam and I had this voice (laughs) that said like something to the effect of you can make this I was like And I had a discussion with this voice. I was like, I, if I was an artist, I could make this. Cause what I heard was like, you can create, you can create this thing, like in a painting or a, uh, or a a sculpture. And I, and I, so I had this like back and forth. I was like, I can't make this. I am not, I am not an artist. I am not a painter. I am not a sculptor. I can't make this. And it was, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like, I know my own hands like as the waves would come in it would be like you can make this and it would like and fall back into like, the like ocean. field of dreams if you build it yeah it will come it, will come. <laughs> it was very it was very zen and it was like I you know it's just it was perfect and I I said that's not right goodbye and I walked away from that ocean <laughs> and I went home and the image never left. The image just wouldn't, it would not go away. Like this, this scene of the water coming up and flowing back into the like ocean and coming up on my feet. And I went to school. I was in high school. I went to school like two days later and a, what was it? It was a writing um, uh, competition came up. My, my teacher was like, all right, so we're having this writing competition. Somebody, everybody's just, you have to enter. You, it's, a, it's high school, so you have to enter. Uh, go ahead and enter your stuff. And when I realized, I was like, oh, I can write. I can write. I can't paint. I can't sculpt. But I can definitely write. And so I wrote this story about why about night and day the reason i wrote a fable about why we have night and day and basically the short end of the or the short version of that story is that uh the moon made a veil right of out of ocean and all the animals in the world jumped into the veil because they thought it was so cool and so like lovely Uh, whales used to walk on land but they jumped into this veil and as she was walking down the aisle she got it got heavier and heavier and she couldn't make it to the to the altar and by the time she made it to the altar the sun was gone looking for her but it had gone the other way so to this day not like day or rather sun and moon chase each other around the earth anyway so i wrote this story and i it was it won and the thing about this story was that I wrote the story, but it wasn't that I just wrote it. It was that I had this image. I was like, I can, I can make this story big. So I remember, you know, it was the, what, the 2000s, it was the 90s. So, I, but <laughs> I went to the library for like weeks. I took VCR tapes, video cassette tapes, and I would put them in the VCR and I pieced together scenes from National Geographic, like, uh, <laughs> of whales and crabs walking on the on the beach and suns and moons and stars and I pieced together this like super choppy VHS thing and then when I presented the 
story, when I, I presented it, I read it to this video. And I did that. And I, I won. It was great. And then we opened, the, the school opened a uh, arts pavilion and they wanted me to perform this thing and uh I was like I can perform this I and so I had a dress made and I at the top it was the it was a sunset it was like a a white dress but I spray painted it like sunset into the water and at the train because it had this like long train I put uh stars and fish and whales and all those things and I wore this like gala dress to, <laughs> at this at this opening for high school now i that whole story that moment sticks in my brain as a one you you have to listen it as wooey as it is when you hear if you hear and when you hear these ideas that come into your mind you have to listen to them and sometimes they're wrong they're like or they're not wrong, but your first reaction to them might be off, right? This idea like, oh, I have to paint it or I have to sculpt it were my two. That's incorrect. But there was something in me that I knew that I could do and that was right. And that, that came later. So I had to push. I had sort of had to keep listening. So that's one. You have to listen to the thing. And then two, it is not easy. It's just not an easy task to listen to the thing that you want to done or you think is innate is coming out of you this there's something that's coming out of you and it's not easy and it's annoying that it's not easy right if like if we're we can use the universe or we can use god or we can use whatever inspiration itself it seems to me that if inspiration was going to come by and say hey i've got a gift for you here's your gift it seems like it should be easy to un- unwrap that gift like you came <laughs> and you gave me a gift yeah. it's yours to me like you gave it to me it should be easy to unwrap but i tell you like it took weeks for me to sit there and learn how to edit videos like what is this what but i take all that experience and where i am now points back to that story. Like all I do right now is tell my story, edit videos. <laughs> like, I who knows like improv is my thing and no I mean ask my parents like they are so right now they're just poor parents. They're like improv is this is it how? But you've explained but to how? them that you can change the world with improv, right? I can I can literally change I've tried to explain this to them, Aiden. <laughs> they'll, see. They'll, see. Uh, well, they'll see. They'll see. They'll see. But yeah, that is, that is my pivotal moment story. And I feel like I have really, it is, a, it is a moment that I go to all the time, all the time. Every time that I, especially right now, because we're blessed and cursed, I guess, to be in this pandemic episode, especially in the United States um, and what that looks like, especially if we're like, looking down like really pinpointing especially in texas right being home being aware of ourselves having the advantage i guess to be aware of ourselves shannon thank you for sharing that woo story um i love that you chose a story um from your inner world as opposed to external stimulus like the you know like there was external stimulus there was the scene that prompted the mm-hmm. voice but the voice came within right, right? 
Mm-hmm. Probably. Unless it definitely was divine intervention. This is, which is, yeah, what do I know? Which it could, yeah. who knows? Sure. It came from somewhere. <laughs> um, it but, came. But I, but thank you for, for that. I love, I love hearing um, these moments of, um, of the path sort of arriving. And I love that you also mm-hmm. pointed out that it's not always obvious how you're supposed to follow that path, only that there's a path there for you. There. Yeah. And it's a little bit of that let go and surrender to the divine. Now it's the really thing. getting woo. Now it's getting woo, but it's okay. <laughs> it's like, cause you can say it, it can be whatever. Like people, like I said, it's, it could be your universe. It could be the God. Mm-hmm. It can be your carrot, whatever it is that you think is talking to you or speaking to you. But it's important, I think, overall to sort of give that thing some space to speak. Yeah. So we are so uh, quick to, nah, no, that's, what it, that's, that's great. That's crazy, right? Like, yeah in huge air quotes, like, but sometimes it's not, <laughs> you have to give, <laughs> give it a little bit, of, give it just a little bit of space, a little bit, a little bit of space. So when you won that, uh, when you won that story competition, which by, by the way, congrats on your win. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, you know, what shifted for you at that point? And it, obviously not about the, well, maybe about just winning the thing, but to me, your story wasn't about winning the thing. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely not about winning the thing. Um, what shifted for me? That's a great question. The, the it's, what shifted is that the idea that it, it can be done. What, oh, so Aiden, there's, it is difficult to do a thing that you don't have a blueprint for, right? Yes. Like, Right? Yes. When you don't have a blueprint, you have no clue how something is supposed to look or supposed to sound, taste, be, exist. You have no clue how something is supposed to exist. It's hard to create that thing. You, you don't know how. And I think that what shifted for me was an, an inkling that it doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> oh cool. it sounds so. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you, don't you don't need that blueprint. blueprint. You don't. You don't. Because at some point, things things either will unfold or they'll or they will fold. They'll come into line. Mm-hmm. They'll figure. You'll figure out how to do the thing. And and uh, I can just hear myself right now. You you did this to me, Aiden. <laughs> mm, what did I you do? Did Little old me. <laughs> it's so it's annoying you know when you watch uh either documentaries about you know i mean who Brene Brene brown right uh-huh. or what or you watch documentaries about people who've made it who you who you love and they're all saying the same thing um well you just have to follow the path <laughs> the path will unfold before you yeah and the, the path will make it it'll be clear you won't even you won't even know it and it'll come to you it sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks is. It's a broken record with all of these wonderfully successful people who seek to inspire others. And at the same time, it sounds like your experience 
really yeah. reinforces that. Now, I, you, you know, really did this. I'm going to be you honest really with this. you. My experience in life <laughs> also uh, mirrors that when I think, when I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, what I think society mm -hmm. tells me I should be doing, mm -hmm. it very rarely works out well for me. Um, nope. When I listen to my inner compass and try mm -hmm. and interpret the runes <laughs> that my heart is mm -hmm. throwing or whatever. Yeah. Like, yes, you're on it. You're doing uh, it. You know, that's things tend to open up and um, yeah, and you yeah. can make things work, right? Like, because I'm the same way. You and I are similar in that. Mm -hmm. In that, I, I've done corporate jobs. I've done them. Oh, I've done them. I've done government jobs. I've sure. done corporate jobs. And you can make something work, right? You can, you can do that. But you're. It's always somehow so hard. Yeah, yeah? it's like. This is hard. I am really trudging through the mud here. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to separate, like, what am I trudging? Sometimes it's, it, am I trudging through the mud for a good reason? But for, for, for me personally, I have found when I look back and even in it, I, whenever I'm trudging through the mud, I'm making it work. I'm forcing this. I have to do it. It is just does not work out. And as soon as I'm doing something that is in line with what I know I should be doing or what I love, it's not to say that it isn't hard, right? right? It's not to say that it isn't hard or that you don't cry or that you're not like, frustrated or anxiety ridden, those things still happen, but it doesn't feel like you are pulling away from yourself consistently, constantly packing a lunch that isn't yours. <laughs> oh, like, dang. That's vivid. Yeah. <laughs> I love like that. this. I will, I will put spinach in it. It's spinach and rice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's not the lunch I want. I don't want spinach and rice. No, I, wanna, I do. That's, I want you're packing else. my lunch. There you go. I'll have you're packing lunch. your lunch. Thank you for packing my <laughs> <your> lunch. You're welcome. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, man, I love it. Uh, I love that so much. Just, mm -hmm. just thinking deeply about um, those moments. I, you know, I. I think that one of the things that's really lovely about this show is people will be listening to this and they're going to start thinking about what are those moments when I listened to that voice? What are those mm -hmm. moments when I ignored that voice? But more importantly, they're probably going, is that voice trying to talk to me right now? I, I feel like, you know, for, for me, anytime it's been a real heart centered direction, it's just felt, not like you pointed out, it's not that it's effortless. It's that the mm -hmm. effort isn't, uh, doesn't feel like trudging through cement. Um, mm -hmm. the effort feels like running up a flight of stairs. Right. That's lovely. Yeah. There's, I, I feel like I have to say this thing and we'll, we'll see if it, if it gets clearer, but you and I are artists you yes. know, yeah. we're, we're artists. And I also think that this feeling that we're talking about isn't unique to artists. No. It's not like people, you know, out there wake up and they truly want to be fill in the blank, like yes. construction workers or 
I don't know, uh, accountants or any, any of the things that people are like, oh, you're, you're just a blank, you know, you're just a something, something. People wake up and they want to be those things. And if your voice, if the voice, whatever is, you know, you can be a construction worker, right. whatever it is, you, whatever it you is. You can cross-reference this spreadsheet, uh, database. I don't, I'm not using those words right. Yeah, but. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's important somehow to like, to, to note that the voice doesn't only talk to artists, it talks to everybody, you know, and it's people like to push away or to uh, disregard jobs, all sorts of jobs. They like to disregard them. They like to say that, oh, you can't have, oh, you can't have wanted to be a meh, 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 whatever it is. Right. But maybe you did. Maybe you do. That's what you want. And it's fine. It's, it's lovely. I'm glad because I'm sure that whoever that person is doesn't want to be an improviser. Like, and I don't <laughs> want to be a, you know, whatever. Right. So it's like, it, it speaks to us all and it speaks in different ways. And whatever it is, it's so uniquely you. And it isn't up to anyone else to tell you that you can't do that thing or it's wrong to want to do that thing or you shouldn't want to do that thing. Yeah. We sound like the, what is that silly? It's not silly. Uh, the secret. We sound like the secret. The secret. (laughs) Well, Shannon, if people want more of you, which they definitely will, how do Mm -hmm. they find your YouTube channel? Oh my gosh. Other than the fact that I'll definitely be posting a link. <laughs> if you, this is, it's very original and very hard to remember. It's Shannon Stott Improv. You're just kidding. Look, <laughs> just look in YouTube. My last name is Stott, S-T-O-T-T. Shannon Stott Improv. And they can find me there. If you're looking for me on Instagram, you can find me at Shannon Stott Improv on Instagram. If you're looking for me on my website, you can find me at shannonstott.com. Well, it sounds like your branding is fairly consistent, Shannon Stott. I mean, I try. I try to be the best Shannon Stott I can be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'll post links to the things uh, when I share this episode. So uh, if you are listening, make sure to check out the show notes at thechangepodcast.com and there will be links to all of Shannon's wonderful activities and if you like what Mm -hmm. you see you can sign up to support on Patreon and also you can learn something while you're there Uh, you'll learn games to play you'll learn perspectives on improvising um, and you'll get to see what a wonderful um, student the amazing Gus is Uh, He's so good. He's so good. (laughs) He's so patient. (laughs) I love watching the two of you together in your videos. They're really wonderful. So uh, check all of that out. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I, uh, we need to spend more time geeking out on improv. That much is clear. And um, I can't wait to be able to give you a hug sometime in the, in the coming years. I will. I'll take one. I'll take one. I'll take a hug, Aiden. Thank you for thank you for having me. This has been lots of fun. I know we geek out a lot on on improv, but it's been um, it's been nice to come to epiphanies of my own. So thank you for having me.
always love hanging out with Shannon Stott, and I love, love, love that her story had just a little bit of magic in it. We already know that intuition plays a role in how we change, respond to change, or make changes in life, but there can also be a little bit of magic in the mix, don't you think? The other day on a walk through the neighborhood with my stepdaughter, we were talking about whether or not magic is real. For her, this was centered on whether or not unicorns exist. For me, it's bigger than that. I believe there is magic in the world, and I also believe you have to be open to finding that. And to me, that's what Shannon's story was all about. Whether, as she said, you want to think of it as the universe speaking to you, as God moving through you, or intuition being your guide, to me, it's absolutely magical. And, just like I think, it's completely appropriate for a seven and a half year old to believe in unicorns. I believe it's completely appropriate and perhaps imperative for we as adults to hold room in our hearts for a bit of magic in our own lives. Check out Shannon Stott Improv on YouTube. You will be glad you did. You may even learn something helpful, fun, or both to take and use in your life or work. And at the very least, watching Shannon share improv with her husband, Gus, will bring a huge smile to your face. And of course, read the complete show notes for this episode and more on the Changed Podcast website, www.thechangedpodcast.com. While you're there, feel free to leave us a review. I'm Aiden Nepom. Thank you for listening to the Changed Podcast. I wish you the kind of experiences in life you're excited to tell stories about.